welcome to New Persuasive Words, a podcast of hope-seeking understanding. You're invited to listen in to an ongoing conversation about theology, culture, and politics between your co-hosts, Scott Jones and Bill Bohr. Regardless of topic, Bill and Scott offer intelligent insights and critiques, sometimes funny, occasionally contentious, but always remaining friends. Now, here are Scott and Bill. This is episode 229. Welcome back to the show. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And we have with us... Jeff Holsklaw. Jeff Holsklaw, friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, and has been a Bulgashichta guest before, but never in studio. Never in no, studio. No, never. The studio is smaller than I thought, because when I've seen it recording when I've had other people on, it seems very big. Yeah. But everyone it's, it's says, awesome, though. Every, yeah, it's everyone funny. Says everyone it. says that. that it's yeah. like, it's kind of, it's not... It looks deep. Yeah, and we won't make the same jokes we've made in the past. Oh, okay. yeah, we, was it past well, Jeff, tell us what you do. For those oh, who- gosh. Um, well, I wanted to talk about – well, okay. So uh, what I do, I do a bunch of things. I'm a pastor at a local church in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. I also am a professor at Northern Seminary. I teach systematic theology. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen systematic theology. I love systematic theology. Uh, And I also do some recruitment and administrative stuff for Northern, so I kind of am tri-vocational. But I'm glad to be in the flesh with you guys. I mean, you know, for Jesus, for God, it was enough to be in the flesh, so... I'm glad to be in the flesh with you guys. Very good. If it's good enough for Jesus, if it's, it's good, good enough, enough for, Jesus. for you. It's good. It's <laughs> a good standard go. to keep, Jeff. And so uh, I got the quota of a Jesus juke in there in under like one minute. Very so, good. So and uh, you also do a podcast. Yes, a theology on mission podcast with David Fitch, which right. is kind of sponsored, I guess, by Northern Seminary. Who now is telling people because he's been to Germany. He was telling everybody how to like Germans how to react to Trump and all these things. <laughs> right. And just Trump. and David, you just need to know because I saw his listen. We've made so many jokes based on that, but we have not published any of them out of our <laughs> deep respect for you. Much respect. Much respect. Excellent. <laughs> and I'm very glad to be on this podcast, but also sitting behind the stern mic. Is that right? Am I on this the is, stern that mic? Is stern used to so use hopefully the Sure SM7B. This is the smoothest yeah. uh, participant on the show in a long time, because I have the stern mic. Right. So we don't really have a topic. But uh, I, I would like to say, Friday, <laughs> I, I'm just, just I, we I, we stopped our warm-up conversation to start recording. Cause so I actually called you after we recorded the podcast. You were going to a wedding. That indictment blew me away that the that we actually got i mean this is one of those times where i feel good about my tax money wow we got those tw- we got the names of 12 russian operatives yeah russian operatives yeah Fitch yeah. trigger warning for bill Bohr. somebody <laughs> says josh redder out of ohio coming to us from facebook Live, i love you josh a trigger warning <laughs> so good. yeah i mean i never that conversation with dave fitch that we had which uh we'll link to it in the show notes that i have certain certain facial expressions you made i i, I was a new it was a new was level of at one new, point. At one point, we was like, "All right, can we just take a vote right now?" <laughs> like, well, what would you vote on? The way you just proposed, Fitch, was more complicated than most stuff. The referendums in the California House of Representatives. Was yeah. this the the fit the foursome that the we yeah, yeah, yeah. did with Fitch? The, was that for, on the Reformation? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I think okay. it was. It was supposed okay. to be on uh, Reformation Day. It was our first time we ever did it, and most likely the last, last time. Yeah, <laughs> We're glad to have you back, Jeff. It's thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> so, you know, the, we got like all those Russians. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. And now I was reading more about this. No, we actually have a U.S. congressperson, a member of the House, right? Or no, a member of Congress. I don't know if it's a senator or a, a member of the House who asked the Russians for dirt on their opponent. Mm. Ooh. I don't know who it is. I mean, 
Oh, I didn't. Hear they that. didn't. Uh, they didn't name I, that. I hope it's Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope it's Jordan. What, a, what did Rosenstein say about sleaze... don't personalize the? Uh, no. Rosenstein... It's, it has nothing to do with his party. He would be a sleazeball regardless of what, That's true. whatever party he was a part of. He'd be a sleazeball. I'm sorry for those of you in Ohio who have to deal with him. Remember the good old days of John Boehner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just passing out tobacco. Money. <laughs> <laughs> while, while he was smoking. Yeah, it's smoke great. it and pass out tobacco. Yeah. I love so. Yeah, anyway, I mean the so I feel like that Mueller. It's a pretty a, a, so I, we recorded and then they dropped it. I called you, started talking about you, Bill's first thing. Is, well, I guess there were witches. If this is a, is this a witch, <laughs> I guess there were witches. There are twenty one witches. That's right. Suddenly, uh, suddenly they have to rethink the whole exhibits in Salem, Massachusetts. They're going to have to re- redo that. So, what are the odds? Like, let's say there's a smoking gun that links Trump to the. You know, two Russians, two collusion. He's aware of it. It's documented. Like, do the would the Republicans do anything? No, 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 no. no. There's a moral bankruptcy there. Yeah, they're not. They're no longer. They don't. They're no longer patriots. Really, they really don't sugarcoat it. They really not. No, they're not. They're. They're. I don't know what all kinds of um, you know what deal they've made um, with Mephistopheles, but uh, (laughs) it's been made, and they're 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 right. They're riding this one to the end. Yeah, and it's also. I mean. We were talking about this on the way to the golf course. Sorry, I should have said Faustian. Faustian. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was. We were talking this. I went for the devil instead. I was with you. I got yeah. it. On the way to the were. golf course, like, don't you think the whole thing, like, there's all these Republicans who sort of like, we don't want to offend Trump. We don't want to piss Trump off. We don't want to, and we want Trump's help. But like, you're banking on the fact that Trump has coattails, which that is not obvious to me at all. That that there's going to be. His coat. That, no, that's, I think it's more survival. It's just it, we, well, because we you can't, the storm. Yeah, yeah. we uh, leverage co- whatever we could. He has an automated button like James Bond with the ejector seat where they come <laughs> off the coat and they leave you hanging. Size sixty two. It's, it's like for those you know because because I'm high class like this you know like when you're watching like the monsters truck rallies and they have like the tear off <laughs> screens because yeah. it gets so muddy and they just kind of keep. To, maybe he has those coattails where there's like tear off, but he's got like twenty of them. It's like if someone's grabbing on. Oh, eject that one! But I that's got a, another. That's a beautiful analogy. So t- what are you teaching in the fall? I am not teaching in the fall. I asked for the fall off because my wife and you I- You were are, that bored with Russia? Are, uh, yeah, I know, I know. Well, we have people on Facebook here and we have no topic. I was like, Josh, what Like, what do you want us to talk about? Uh, you could turn this into a radio program. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find we're something. We're at a level yeah, we're, we're, we'll, welcome, we'll welcome uh, solicitation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying, I'm trying to find something that'll fit on the- that we'll throw up on the wall and it'll stick. So I, uh, I took- I asked for the fall off. They reorganized my classes because my wife and I are writing a book together. It's oh, a book a, all about like got a book contract. God with us. Varsity yes, Press. Oh, God wow. with us. And we're really uh, we're playing on the theme. And this of, is one you actually will review. Yeah, you yeah. better have a song. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. On new persuasive words and that other one you do. We'll do them all. We'll do it. You'll okay. you can make the whole tour. Anyway, so we're we're busy doing that. So it's uh, uh it's it's great whenever we actually find time. <laughs> Constantine. By the way, Josh Redder from Ohio coming to us from Facebook Live asks, suggests Constantine. You, know, you, you, you can th- you can throw raw meat at me, Josh. But I've already had dinner. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's what I'm doing. So, uh, so Bill is trying to get a little conversation turn, and I blew it up because I'm not teaching. Oh. So, so the book is on basic guy with the swing miss. Swing and miss. Uh, no, it's not just on. The, it's more like God with us, not just the incarnation. Because I'll you know Emmanuel, the Matthew, spirit. It, it, 
it's the Shekinah. It's the, it's the through line of. I think the through line of Scripture is that God with us is what God has been doing ever since creation, creating a space for God and humanity and all creation to be together. Genesis to Revelation. That's the through line. But a lot of time, a lot of times, because of certain theological constructs, we focus on sin, or we focus on election, or justification, or we focus on wrath, or you know all these other things. And I just think. Uh, those things are part of the story, but they're not the main. They're not the main yeah. point. And so the way we're getting into that is we're saying is as a pastor, maybe this is a conversation as uh, I'm sitting with other pastors as well as you know theologians. Is I don't tell people that God loves them anymore. That might be shocking. I don't tell them that God loves them anymore because the concept loves of this. love. Bill loves this. <laughs> the concept of love is so nebulous and it's so like whatever. Hollywood or whatever, is I actually tell people God really likes you and he wants to be with you. That's what I say. That's my that's my code for love. God likes you and he wants to be with you. God swipes right on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you stick it to another level. Oh, You're ruining. Okay. So anyway, so that's kind of what we're focusing on. You know, it's interesting that Bart says in four one that, you know, that the presupposition of the covenant is just God with us. That that's the There we go. That it's very interesting because he he, that's how he explains the whole. But I'm whole... just going to make it more interesting than Bart. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That reminds me. Of <laughs> I a, like that. That a movie that probably none of you remember, but as a kid, we only had three TV stations. Uh, and uh, Jimmy Stewart in the movie Shenandoah. This this man wants to marry his daughter, and he goes, uh, "I I want to marry your daughter." And he goes, "Do you like her?" And he goes, uh, and his son goes, well, "I love your daughter very much." I go, "I didn't ask you that." Do you like her? Yeah, yeah. There we go. So, so uh, you maybe want to. Rip I like you, Bill. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart said you can. You know, love is something that uh, you know maybe is you don't know if that's based on emotions or whatever. But if you like someone, you really you really do. You've connected with them. You want to be with them. And it's that, it's that thing like my wife was checking with our kids like ah like you, you, well in the negative way like with your kids or friends it's like well I have to love you but I don't like you right now and I think like. We feel that way Jordan about Peter, God. Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson says, don't. Oh, you, no. Don't, We've gone Jordan Peterson. Don't, okay. Don't, don't let your kids do things. We've been Jesus juked. And now we're Jordan Peterson juked. Don't let your kids do things that would make you not like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, I'm really happy he's he's speaking out there. Well, so I, I think Peterson is. I, look, I mean, there's a, he's a mixed bag. But I think Peterson gets a kind of. Uh, he pushes the buttons of a reactionary left. And I say this is a man of the left, but I mean, he, it's really interesting. He had Bill Maher on and they're kind of, they really got along well. I mean, even though they're not ideologically exactly. Yeah, up, yeah that's, that's of, the moral bar I was set. Go ahead. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, I like Bill Maher. <laughs> I like him too. I don't love him, but I like him. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done, Bill. I'm a Bill Maher fan. I think I, that's all right. I like you guys and love you. I mean, anybody too that I'll tell you <laughs> the longevity of that show. It's a good show. There we go. Okay. Well, all right. I'm not going to defend Bill Maher. Anymore. I just told you it was a good show. Yeah, I, I, I just don't want him to be the moral bar. He could be a moral bar. <laughs> a moral bar. Not the moral bar. <laughs> <laughs> so you were. So we're God with us. Love you or Jeff? Like if you had to self-describe. So Bill and I sometimes. I'm an Enneagram three, but I think we've already been. Through I like that. that. With Glenn. I like that. Okay, wait, sorry, I jumped in and was snarky. It's oh. Jordan Peterson, the new Driscoll, new, new Driscoll asked Ryan Pryor. No, I think. Okay, Ryan, I got to follow you. Love you. Ryan Pryor from California. Great guy. Can I just go none of the above on that one, Ryan? None of the above. <laughs> none of the above. I see on that one. I mean, you know, the other thing, too, though, I do think Peterson is like falling into too many of his press clips. And so 
I mean, I, given I've only seen a limited, a big exposure, a limited amount of stuff. Although I hear his one book is very impressive. His books is written impressive. I, I've never, I've never read his book, but I'm, I'm really into the fact that he's writing. Exactly. <laughs> but I do think when, like, sometimes celebrity ruins people, and I think that's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, you know how when somebody starts interacting with their persona, like, I mean, I think Jordan Peterson has hit that place so to speak but jeff if you were going to self-describe like your own religious oh, identity well how would you where on the sort of imaginary religious census i um uh, i would say i was so i was raised and i'm going to use words that describe me like sociologically even though people use them all sorts of different ways uh, jeff we're going to need a brain sample before you yeah, leave yeah. <laughs> Like, I think like, so I was raised really friendly fundamentalist. I was, I found out when I was- At least you're friendly. Yeah, I was from California. We were laid back. Like, so I I was raised dispensationalist, but I didn't know that was a thing. But I was raised with all the charts, all the charts. For the young people out there, that's with the charts and the Jesus coming back. But we were so nice that we didn't think that people who didn't think the same thing as that we thought were going to hell. Or at least I wasn't told that. Right? So, so like, I'm fundamentalist, but I'm not, you know, except for the Catholics. Sorry. You are going to hell. (laughs) And anywhere else. You know why? We were told because they didn't have service on Sunday night. That's what they were No, out. I was told it's because they still had Jesus on the cross. This is like what uh, I was taught. They, no. they were still crucifying Jesus. They didn't believe in actual salvation and grace. They were working out their salvation. Anyways, you so ever I was see right. that Simpsons where Homer first becoming Roman Catholic and he goes to the Catholic um, Friday pancake dinner. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, it's a miracle. You've turned breakfast to dinner. <laughs> so, so that's what I was until I got to college. Then I found out that there was this category. Called, and where'd you go to college? I went at UC Santa Cruz, University okay. of California, Santa Cruz, a super hippie, liberal, I mean, really pagan kind of place. And, um, uh, and then I found out that there's this religious category called born again Christians. It's like, what do you mean born again Christians? Well, you believe that people need to be born again. I was like, doesn't everyone believe that? Of course, I found out that not. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so then I learned that I like I'm evangelical. I'm fundamentalist. I'm evangelical. I go to seminary, and then I find this whole world of Anabaptism. So then I moved from. Then you, uh, when did you find Neo Anabaptism? Yeah, yeah. Well, I met Dave Fitch when I was in seminary. So this is about 2002. And I so I'm so I'm evangelical. So if you could, it's a butterfly effect. <laughs> did, did, is it too, actually? And I met you like pretty early. Like yeah, yeah, around that, yeah. Is Scott it too, and I are like way back, like emergent village folk. Is we it were tr- we were on the early cusp of that, and we both kind of like just never really. It, it didn't. Never really it didn't take. Yeah, yeah, we went to a few other things and things we like. It kind of, and we just went to other sort of things. But it was a very. Is it true that you met Fetch in the Matrix? Is that true? <laughs> in the Matrix, I did not meet him. Neo, in the I, I love uh, the Matrix though. I, I love right. the Matrix. I gave that. That was a, that was another softball. I and then uh, just for my own religious biography, like I think I've been like this kind of like pseudo or unconscious or like charismatic person long. So I've had these charismatic longings for a long time that I'm actually like pushing into. Uh, of recent, and so kind of like life in the spirit, or yeah, please, please anoint me, Bill. Bill's Bill. Ah, oh, I'm down. Okay, I'm awake. Okay, I was pseudo slayed in the spirit by Bill. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's kind of my, and then, oh, and I got like a doctorate and I teach theology all in the middle of that, and that was like a total accident. I never thought I was going to teach theology. That's like super weird. 
Scott, but I love doing Scott it. thinks there are no accidents. Listen to two episodes I know, he's ago. a meticulous, providentialist, <laughs> sovereignty Super guy. lapsarian guy. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. you know who also says all that? Uh, Every prosecutor, it's on MSNBC, they're always like, look, <laughs> all these coincidences, I don't believe, like, I've been a prosecutor, there's all these, because they're talking about, like, the, all the 30 connections with all these Russians, like, like and then one guy says, look, coincidences are for movies. <laughs> I've been a U.S. attorney for 30 years. There aren't coincidences. <laughs> See, and some people would say our technological society has killed all coincidences and has destroyed all contingencies in life. And so, therefore, we can't receive grace anymore. Okay? So, you're killing grace. Contingencies are important. Yeah. You're killing grace. So is con- coherencies as well. Coherencies. And contingencies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay, I had to wait for that. I love the C's, though. Yeah. I'm alliterative. Oh, that's the other thing. So I you're love a... alliteration. I'm a sucker for it. So, so I'm there for a Baptist pastor or preacher. So you, yeah, I, uh, we have an African Baptist church that's going to start meeting their church today. Beautiful young, beautiful young pastor. And, uh, um, uh, you know, it was, I have to say, this is t- what was really powerful to me yesterday was they did his ordination service, and I stopped by before I had to do my wedding. And um, the opening, it was what was really powerful. They had people from Baltimore, Delaware come up for this installation. They, most of them are Africans. It's, uh, it's, and they weren't all Baptists. They were just uh, mostly, um, you know, African churches that are here in this country. And um, one of the things that struck me is, now, you've all sacrificed to be here. But most of us would be working. Mm-hmm. And it once again remind me that immigrants in this country— are working seven days a week. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and that these are folks in the power—the power of the, of of you know the fact that they sacrificed to be. You know, we complain about going to church meetings. They made financial sacrifices to support their brother in his ministry. And the reason it reminds me about the Baptist, I asked he he came to my service today, and uh, I asked him to do the benediction, and it could have been a sermon. <laughs> oh yeah, it how was, long was it? It was long. It was powerful, but it was long, and. Uh, and uh, he even he even recapped my he recapped my sermon. <laughs> he listened. He listened. Listen. He was listening. No, it yeah, was. Statistics, he's a great guy. Brother Akins. If immigrants, documented or undocumented, move into your neighborhood, generally the crime rate goes down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, these are these are real Christians who uh, who are. Um, it's, I'm I'm excited to have them in our building. So anyway. That's awesome. But anyway, you were talking about your Baptist charismatic Anabaptist. I'm trying. Yeah, that's all right. That's and. Good. Uh, Anna. Well, you know, one of the great things. Anasmastics. Because yeah. I think what someone said, I want to become Anabaptist and Charismatic. So that's Anamastic, which I which I think is. That's kinda, really close to animism. I know. Or, or it's a breathing disorder. That, mean, that means you have to be rebaptized in the spirit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not for that. Well, I'm for the three baptisms. You know the three baptisms? Well, uh, water, baptism spirit, and water. fire. Uh, well, that would be four baptisms. Okay. Wait, water. Well, the spirit and the fire are one, so it's a ba- well, not not in Toronto. <laughs> True. So ba- baptism by water, then baptism by spirit, and then baptism by blood—that would be the Anabaptist martyrdom. Are you going to start barking at any time during a <laughs> podcast? Because no, I, I'm more of a shaker. <laughs> right, right. More, I mean, you sound like Robert. Robert Plant was just on stir. More of a shaker. And he's so he sounded like that. He's like. What do you do at night? And he's like, I just go to bed. He's like, no gin. <laughs> well, the other reason I said that, he's saying, like, I heard an Anglican one time said, we're still trying to work through that maybe barking is an evidence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, uh, 
You know, um, for all of you on Facebook, we'd love to hear your your stories of evidence of the spirits of Josh or you know. Do you notice you know, no Ryan, one, if you're still here, no one ever meows in the spirit. It's just the whole dog cat thing seems to be. Oh, yeah, that so that, I, that I was, is very interesting. I was at the Metropolitan Museum of Art yesterday. Did you bark while you were I there? Bark. I did not bark <laughs> one time. But I, as I was going through like, the European part with it, there was a lot, you know, the medieval art and stuff. And I'm looking at this beautiful sort of large painting that's actually was an original frame preserved from like the 13th or 14th century or something. And it was like this rich banker from Florence had had commissioned it for this chapel in this area <sighs> town. And I'm like, I'm like sitting there with my wife. I said, Lindy, do you think like, do you imagine like he goes in with this money like, Look, uh, my wife's very into the Magdalene thing, so I like the broad with red, um, and if you make her look like Northern Italy, but I want a ruddy John the Baptist, like an Algeria, make it, I mean, like, not too, like, and then, you know what my wife loves? She loves those little angels, like, but not the scary, the little baby fat angels, put two of those at the top, and here's 10, 10 grand, like, I'm like, how much direction do you think? The rich, like, patron gave. And, like, look, my wife don't like the scourge. You know, the cute little fat ones that look like cute. <laughs> Put two of those on the top. I was like, I would have loved to have been a patron like that. Like, design, like, that's oh great. Oh, my gosh. Was, I, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I like my John the Baptist, like Charleston Heston. Was that the greatest <laughs> yeah. story ever told? <laughs> yeah. Where, like, he's taking out Roman, or he's taking out, well, they weren't Romans, but the, when Herodian, where Herod sends the Herodian soldiers to arrest him, he, he's drowning a couple of them in the water as they're taking them. That's how I like my John the Baptist. Was, you brood of vipers, and he dips them down. Who told you to come out here? I always wanted to see Charlton Heston do, I'm the president of the NRA, and Ten Commandments would have been a different movie if the Israelites had guns. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so there we go. We're 21 minutes in, and we've talked about the NRA. Well, we tell what you've given, but you have so I, some bio. One of the good things I think about the time we live in is that you don't you're not really bound by one tribe. I mean, yes. I think you know we yeah we are. Uh, it's interesting. Some of our listeners are constantly trying to figure out what tribe we're in, and I think the good news is that we've been influenced positively by a lot of good things from a lot of different groups. As a matter of fact. Every group you mentioned, I sojourned with at one point mm-hmm. or the other. Incl- mm-hmm. well, my, my, I took my Anabaptist straight. I went to a Mennonite church. Oh, nice. No, 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 nice. no neo-mixer no for me. Neo. No, I like my Anabaptist straight up. But, do, you, uh, do you think that, the, I mean, the limits of that, though, are, I mean, there's a, a huge advantage to it because you, you're able to sort of learn sure. widely. But the, is the limitation, like, you know, Tarawas always says traditions, real great deep traditions, you don't choose them, you feel like they choose you. Yeah. And so the degree to which you're never home. Right, and, yeah. and and so it, it it makes. I mean, it's a lot of pressure to kind of integrate all that stuff. And no, it is. I do. I do think that's, and I think that's why a lot of people just end up. It's. I think one of the dangers of it, people just end up nowhere. I mean, uh, I think the fact is that you have to be connected to a congregation to be part to be a Christian. Yeah. But I, but I think part of what's going on right now is that it's easy just to kind of slip off the slip off the continent. Well, so. And maybe this is a topic for discussion. So I would say oh, we need one. We're yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we need one because so I, I uh, thanks a lot, Jeff, for coming. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and we're out. So I would say so. You talked about my theological or whatever my heritage is. I I always identify as an evangelical, and I've refused to stop identifying as an evangelical over the last two plus years. Now get Pageant on the phone because he likes that. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I I went on his podcast to talk about this, and it's because uh, Scott, you were saying that traditions, you know, 
kind of choose you. You don't choose your tradition. But I think it's a mark, especially of white privilege, especially three white guys here, to kind of be like above I'm from, tradition. I, I'm from West Virginia. I know. And this, whenever I say that's Scott's a all, whenever I say that's Scott's a, that's a white guy, he's like, kind of part he's like of white. I'm not a white guy. <laughs> so, at least partially not white. But but I think it's a mark. It's especially uh, in summer. Look at me. I was worried I'm going to get picked seriously. up by ice with this tan. It's so true. It's so true. Who, 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 what lawn are you mowing, Scott? Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, but I always identify as evangelical because a lot of my friends are like, oh, well, I don't use that. I don't use that word because it's so confusing or it's, it has so much baggage. It doesn't do any good work. It's like, yeah, screw you. Like you are an evangelical. Like you don't get, just get to like an African-American pastor doesn't just get to decide. Actually, I'm not an African-American. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, you know, wait, or, are you or, saying, or are you saying the evangelicals is the equivalency to being black? N- uh, no, but I think, <laughs> no, but. But what I'm saying is, is no, a white cause, no because one one group actually, uniformly votes with Trump actually, and the other yes, doesn't. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would say so. I take it back. I would say yes because it's it's I'm identifying as a white conservative evangelical. That's where I came from. Those are my people, and I can't just willy nilly pretend and wish that out of existence. I was raised fundamentalist. I'm a white evangelical. My parents are, and my relatives are. Like these are my people, and I can't just all of a sudden because it's inconvenient for me to identify with them. Stop identifying with them, and so like you. You were saying, Scott, like traditions choose you and they, they birthed you and this is where you came from. But it's a mark of my privilege and all you other, I'm sorry, my white post-evangelical friends who read Sojourners and they're over being evangelical. Like, you're evangelical. Like, you just are. Your black friends and your Asian friends and your Latino friends, they don't just get to like, like create up their own narratives willy-nilly every day because of what is convenient. So my theological heritage is that I'm evangelical. And I'm going to own that as a way of saying I'm not a white male who gets to float above all these things and make up my story as I go, because that's not fair. But but being a white male is not equivalent to being an evangelical. It's no, it's true. So not all white evangelicals. Not not all, all, not, white, all not, white males are not evangelicals. Yes. most evangelicals <laughs> are white males. Yes, that's what I was going to say. So not yes, what Scott said. I'm just saying, like we don't get a willy nilly re- rewrite our narratives because a word has fallen out of favor. Well, but I think, and you I do, say you, this because I teach a lot of African American. But it's a totally, bomb, but it's a totally, but okay, what, but again, ha, even see, we found a conversation. Even Bill's interested. Even yeah, finally I woke up. <laughs> even wait, wait, so you're woke? Oh, we're sorry. sorry. Yeah, Bill's officially woke. Yeah, well, I, I, was just, I was just <laughs> woke. My my avatar was here before then. I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine, or while you're exercising, or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month? Or more, it's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcast projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Ellis Brazil, David Zoll, Sari Graham, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Blythe, David Norling, Charlotte Donlin, Barry Stewart, 
Larry Rule, Stephen Lipless, John Schneider, Ben Crosby, Liam O'Brien, Jim Crest, Stephen Rowe, Ben DeHart, Jordan Morseberger, Josh Redder, Jennifer Underwood, Kai Whitpenig, Simone Garabedian, Jim Kirk, Samantha Konauer, and Jordan DeMaze. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. No, but I, I guess the fact is, but even, is it the very nature of evangelicalism, volunteerism? I mean, isn't that the very nature of, I mean, if we say evangelical, again, that's, I, I don't want to go into history, but let's say in essence, modern evangelicalism, for all intents and purposes, is a product of the Second Great Awakening. And is yes. it, isn't that, in essence, it's all, the whole thing is a volunteeristic kind of project. Now, if you, you can't choose who you were born into, you can't choose... And you would say that, you would distinguish that from, say, like the 16th century Protestantism, which still has that sort of, it's more medieval, it's, it's, it's less... Vol- I mean, there's not... You don't have this still, even in, in early Protestantism, you don't have this sense of choice no you're still it's regional it's uh yeah. yeah yeah but no but the very nature even theologically that you know you get to choose you choose salvation you know i mean you yeah. choose to who you know i mean the whole project I'm is responding about- to from by the way can can terrence we're pounding i'm gonna get the bottle just so i can show all okay things. but no so what I, all i'm saying is that yes okay you can't choose the home you're born, born into you can't choose who your parents where your parents take you to church but there's a point where you can say yes or no to that. You don't have. I mean, I don't. I grew up in evangelicalism. I'm very thankful for it, but I don't. I don't self-identify as an evangelical anymore. I don't, and I and because it's only one small sect or movement of greater Christianity, and I don't. I don't have to say that. That's. I can be thank, and I am thankful. I'm very thankful. I mean, I always say I'm very thankful that the fundamentalists taught me the Bible, and they taught me the Bible well enough. Well enough that I couldn't be one anymore. <laughs> so, but, but in response to Kenneth Tanner, this is the dad's hat. Um, we, we at least should get some money if we rye whiskey finished in vermouth barrels. Brought to you today. right in Bristol, Pennsylvania. That's right. So you can come down and watch it made. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm just trying well, well, to okay, draw ahead. attention to the fact that uh, that especially um, people from more of a privileged background or have. Uh, can self-define their identities uh, willy-nilly more than people from uh, a non-majority or privileged background. But again, and, and I think that that as an evangelical, uh, that owning your social location. So this is what I learned from seminary is that like white theology doesn't own its social location very often. Uh, I, I agree with a that. Lot of, it, it just it kind of it just yeah. kind of just. Starts. I think when you're in majority, why you sort of think that you're thing is the norm and other people are situated. But I do think, so, okay, here's something you and I go back and forth a lot. I think it's interesting. Because I think not only do you feel like, so you and Bill are in different situations in relationship to sort of an evangelical heritage that, and, and you also want to sort of reform. I mean, you also are not passive. I mean, you would like to see evangelicalism, a, a changed landscape that you could inhabit. A changed, well, you're also teaching in a seminary that yeah. identifies with the movement. So yeah, you, you better kind of like so you better be yeah you, yeah. And, well, but my question though, Chef, a lot of things like with with you and people like your good friend and ours, Dave Fish. At what point? How many transplants can you do before you kill the patient? 
I mean, like, you know, how many organs? <laughs> but you, for you're the doing Frankenstein. Like, I have never identified as a Neo Anabaptist. You can check all the records and all the podcasts I've ever been on. Dave Fish is like Neo Anabaptist. I've always just been like, I'm an evangelical with a strong okay. Anabaptist. But, but gonna, I can hear gonna, what you're saying, Bill. We're going to need to swab your cheek as well as take the brain sample now. <laughs> but, but you know you're what Trump's going to do to Elizabeth Warren if they debate? Oh, my gosh. That he's going to do I have to do it. You have to do it gently because it's in a Me Too movement. But I'm going to throw one of those DNA kits at her and say, Trump's going to give a million dollars to your favorite charity if you test as Native American. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to. I want to keep being. This is just kind of like my decision no, about how I identify. Yeah. But I think um, I'm especially speaking to evangelicals who have not By changed way, their doctrine. This is from a, a listener who I just became Facebook friends with, Demetrius Goins, and he says ethnicity. He's African American. Ethnicity is completely separate from a theological classification. Just because I was born into an African American Southern Baptist denomination doesn't mean I have to affirm that. Yes, thank you, Demetrius. Thank you. We agree. We're, yeah. we're, we're in agreement with that, my friend. And thank you for listening. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. What were we talking about? <laughs> it was I mean, I, I agree with that in one sense, and I disagree with another. Like, in, in the sense that you're formed, so I, and I won't speak for Demetrius because I, I don't know, but like, I've been formed and shaped, and I still am within the context of evangelicalism. And so just to say that that word has been polluted is, it's, it's not really like, it's disingenuous. It's like, yeah, I know it's polluted. So what I would rather say, so in a situation for like LGBTQ or, uh, you know, or even like African-American like friends or people, instead of saying, oh, I'm not an evangelical like they are, right? Instead of, say, instead of distancing myself from like the bad people, I, I have chosen to say I'm an evangelical and I'm sorry for the way that my people have hurt you. Well, okay. But I'm an evangelical. I, I come from this stream. These are my people. But that's your choice. You've chosen to stay within the stream. Yes. And I, ex- yes. And a lot of people who distance themselves from evangelicalism are still in that stream and they still identify well, that's, this. That's what but they have just chosen well, not. You know, they're it, doing it. it, it it's a PR. A, it's it, a PR it, that's move. A, that's a different it, thing. In fairness, too, I think. That's all I was ever Doug saying, Padgett. Bill. What did you think I was didn't, saying? Didn't Doug say something very similar to Doug that? Says, about- Doug Pageant says something very similar. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've had this conversation with Matt Milner at Wheaton you know, College. They're trying to do a similar kind of thing. Uh, you know, and I think um, God bless you for trying, both of you. I know. And I'm not, I'm not sure God is blessing it, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, no. I mean, you're, you're, trying to, you're, trying, you're trying to have theological integrity and trying to be involved in a critical conversation with culture when many people who fly under that banner traditionally maybe have bowed a knee to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. But, but also, okay, let, in, the subject of our last podcast from Friday, who Professor Margolis responded to our – I saw that, yeah. Listened. So that's what we're thank you to Professor Margolis. But she's at, P- at Penn teaching political science, and she – argues that now it's not just that politi- it's politics aren't shaping religion. Religion shapes your politics. So if you're a Republican, you're much likely, more likely to, if you're not affiliate, religiously affiliate, and affiliate with a conservative church, whereas Democrats just tend to go secular, even if they're spiritual people, they tend to be unaffiliated. So you, you see, it's interesting because Bill and I have talked about this a lot in, in the pit, since the election of, of Donald Trump. You know, let, let's say something like Northern Seminary or or Fuller or Wheaton College, it represents the 20% of the evangelicals that are not Trump enthusiasts. They have almost no influence, it seems, on the 80%, which are, which are, I mean, Donald Trump has gotten more support from evangelicals. His, his, his approval rating with evangelicals was 81, I think, is 81. And George 
uh, H.W. George W. Bush only got to 78. Who was an evangelical. He was actually a Christian. Yeah. By the way, Ken Tanner, uh, Kenneth Tanner, says, I'm still a Pentecostal by heritage and early life, even though I am now some kind of Eastern patristic Anglin hybrid. And a great guy. And Ken, good guy, Ken. We're gonna, but, we're like gonna, but we're going to need a DNA sample from you as well. <laughs> okay. We're swiping. <laughs> swiping your cheek, too, you know Ken. I hate those, we're not swiping right. I hate those commercials swiping. are like, you know what? I was going to, uh, you know, Oktoberfest and wearing later hose and then... Geez, what an asshole I was because I did the swipe and now I realize I'm Scottish and I turned that in for a kill. I'm like, really? That changed your whole life that see, dramatically? See, there, there is an argument for gang beating. Yeah, yeah. By the way, one of the funniest things, I took a, I took a group to, uh, to Israel and, uh, a guy was, who was part of the group was, uh, very much into ancestry stuff and the DNA and, uh, genealogy. And we're in, we're in the Jordan River Valley, right beside the Dead Sea, which is, extension of the Rift Valley, and he goes, I, my people were here. I had ancestors here about 10,000 years ago. And I go, brother, we all came through the Rift Valley. <laughs> we all had ancestors walking through the Rift Valley. However, there might be a new study where there might that even may become a question that we, out of Africa, maybe some of us didn't come. So anyway, but... Really? I digress. I really for another podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's. But I mean, when I so it's interesting because like if we were talking about this Friday, Glenn Scribner, who's a friend of the show, who he said that his evangelical Anglican congregation in England is equally made up of right, uh, yep, conservative party members, right. uh, Labour and Liberal Democrats. No, so there, right? I think it's different because you don't. But here. Evangelical is so politically laden now that you, that I mean you have to grapple with that right I mean this is a part of the and the whole eighty twenty thing a lot of the stuff is political and cultural stuff I mean the stuff people really care about in evangelicalism other than the four views books right it's yeah. it's now it's sort of it, it's political cultural stuff it seems that animates the tribe yeah oh I agree and and you know I mentioned like. Pentecostalism and or charismatic, like I have super like all those people are all right wing, like you know, like they're all right wing. All the Pentecostals are pro Trump, and that's like really disheartening. He's also, of, he's the man of destiny. Yeah, I had someone one time on my resident exile said, uh, uh, you know, don't you believe it, that God put Donald Trump? You know, as president of the United States, I go, well, if he did, it was for judgment. <laughs> Super <laughs> lapsarianism, baby. <laughs> I did. I heard this similar no, thing. I showed Jeff before you came in. I showed Jeff that Sasha Baron Cohen thing with these guys, the Republicans are all like, say, we, we they oh, started sort of saying we should arm kindergartners. I'm like, well, yeah, we deserve, tra- like, yeah, this is, you get the politics you deserve, you, you deserve, like, yeah, we deserve this. This yeah. is what we deserve. We it's need like, some more kindergartians. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, the four year old, like when the person gets shot by their four year old in the back of the car because they left their loaded gun back there. You know, <laughs> he said, he said, oh, my son was in the program and, uh, uh, may he rest in peace. He died uh, loving. Uh, he died doing what I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's your hope? What's your hope of this project? Your your you know the project of your life. Your what's theological. My, oh my gosh. Your um yeah. What what's your hope? <clears throat> my hope is that I'm just gonna. I don't know how this is gonna sound. So I'm just gonna throw it. My hope your is hope that hope is the, built on nothing less but, yeah, than Jesus. Schofield's notes and Scripture Press. <laughs> 
Was that spontaneous? Man, come on. Bill's good, dude. He's Bill's got ecumen- missing. Bill on. is the king of ecumenical religious humor. Amazing. He's got a lot of re- many, many other things. Schofield's notes and what? What was that? I, I could write a whole paragraph. Well, you know, Ken, Ken had his DNA done. Yeah, he did. He's, uh, oh, my God. Ken's uh, nothing in me that does not relate to the British right, Isles. And before that, Northern Europe. Uh, come on, Ken. You've got a Viking in your past. <laughs> Ken, hit, hit me up on Facebook, uh, J- Jeff Holsklaw. I want to hear about these left Pentecostals because I got. I want to know them. I got to meet there's, them. There's three of them. <laughs> no, I mean, I think Ken, not- Ken knows two of them. By the way, I agree with Ken. I, I, and I think he said that Sasha Baron Cohen segment on Tyler, Swami Tyler, that if it's not the best team I've seen, it's top three. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so sad. true. I mean, and my son was in the kindergarten program in Israel. Well, may me rest in peace. He died. Yeah. No, he died they, doing what I love. They make the best <laughs> soldiers. Four-year-olds make best soldiers because because uh, their moral consciousness is not formed, so they, <laughs> they obey orders. <laughs> that was the worst best. Oh, my goodness. That's not bad. Uh, so so what I was going to say, like I feel like my – I guess my long-term theological project is pretty, pretty simple. It's just calling the church to be faithful to God. It's Pretty oh, simple. No. Oh, that's never going to work. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to be at the center there. I'm calling for the church to be oh, unfaithful. Man. Everybody's perfect. I just wait, wait, want wait, wait, the church wait, wait. to be faithful. Inter- wait a minute. Intervarsity Intervars is calling. Your book contract's been canceled. <laughs> Dude, there was, there was, that was so good. There was, I was playing golf in Pittsburgh with a guy who, from this church, I was he was connected to the church's apartment. He was a former Coast Guard guy. He was, did an MBA. He was asked to speak at the CMU uh, MBA graduation, the smaller graduation, they, the class speaker. He said, well, I'm a little worried though because I'm, I don't pull punch. I'm very controversial. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what, what, how, where are you controversial? Well, like, I'm pro life and I'm totally against world hunger. I was like, well, I think the pro life thing is okay. <laughs> Half the crowd will be with you, but I mean, don't talk about being anti world hunger. I mean, they're MBAs. They're like, hey, World hunger keeps people motivated. I mean, I'm like, just don't come out and say you're anti-world hunger because that's now that's beyond the pale. I mean, that's a gutsy stand. Yeah. So Jeff, you got a gutsy for the well, you know, we have faithful. For the, and I, I have to plug in a per, on a personal note. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, there's a new baby boar coming into the world. So, oh. So uh, if it's a if it's a boy, another boy, we got so many boys, we may have to invade. Ohio to increase our property holdings. Josh, <laughs> Josh, Bill's coming for yeah, you. The tribe, the tribe, because we have too many. You're know, a Viking now. We're, we're going to raid. We're going to we're going to have to raid. We're going to have to raid Ohio. But you can keep Jordan. We don't want Jordan. <laughs> we won't hold. He's the guy. If you took him hostage, no one would pay for it. <laughs> I love. Right. I love. I love that show Vikings on the History Channel. Like. I love how they're just like, well, what are we going to do? Farm or raid? We need to do more raiding. Raiding. It's, raiding. Spring. it's spring. It's time to raid. <laughs> uh, we'll pillage your village and kill everyone. I'm in love with Attila the Hun. <laughs> so anyway, well. Um, don't I, don't attempt to land this plane. I, th- I think our show. Don't attempt. I think we're our, crashing. I feel like we're just getting warmed up. 40 <laughs> minutes in, I think we're just getting yeah. warmed up. But I, think, I think we're out of fuel and we're falling I think, fast. I think, our, I, I think our show about nothing turned into this something. Is not, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we are not Seinfeld. Wait, so. wait, but there's, you know there's like four four types of nothing, of course, according to Plotinus or Hegel. So I mean, yeah, no. we got lots of nothing we could still yeah, discuss. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, there's the nothing that I, I would, is I would and the nothing be, that is not. I wouldn't be Plotinus, you'd be Hegel. <laughs> Right, let's end. Let's perfect. End, let's end with something from your like uh, sh- your sort of genre here of of theology mission. You guys usually end 
with like what you're reading? Or I have two like sticks. We so, have the, we have the the Fitch versus Fitch. I love Fitch versus Fitch. <laughs> where I go onto his Facebook timeline and take something super provocative or confusing, and I make I confront them with it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I love that's my my friend's ever said me like, Fitch, did you really mean this? <laughs> and then the second one is what you're reading is so it's basically what are you reading these days? All right. So what are you reading? I, so I feel like you, Bill, if I did that, you, I feel like you would stand by most of the stuff you post. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't post if I didn't want to say it. Yeah, well, I think that's the Fitch versus Fitch. I mean, sometimes it's, it's what Fitch it is. <laughs> exactly. We should, we're definitely tagging Fitch in this episode. Well, he's been listening. I, all right. What I'm reading, well, I'll tell you what I'm reading. I'm reading right now Washington Life by Ron Chernow. It was a Pulitzer Wendy Prize book. So uh, that's how I'm dealing with the current uh, – Crisis in our nation, just you know, pretending it's two hundred years ago. Yeah, so we're playing golf the other day, and like like the fourteenth hole, both like I went to, the, I took my grandson to the Revolutionary War Museum in an attempt to sort of teach him about the country. I just got more pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help uh, it. That's right. Uh, so I just, uh, I'm getting, I got a boat. I'm just crossing to Delaware. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna attack Trenton just to, for something to do. <laughs> But they'll shoot back at Trenton, so I need to be careful. But anyway. So I'm reading a book by uh, Ian McGilchrist called The Master and the Emissary. Uh, and it's about the right and left brain. Uh, kind of. And it, the first part of the book is all about uh, just the differences between the right and left brain and how the right brain is considered the silent brain and the left brain is a brain with a lot language and communicates and how he, de- he kind of deconstructs all that. And it's it's super fascinating. And the second part of the book, which I have not gotten to, I, I just finished the first part, is really like a cultural analysis of the West about how we've increasingly become left-brained, uh, which for him is very bad. Uh, and so I'm, my assumption is that that part's going to be really interesting, but kind of not as persuasive because I find those kind of like, you know, mm. those broad stroke kind of history. It's of, a, it's a but, less persuasive word. Yeah, a little less persuasive. <laughs> but, but the brain side stuff has been super compelling and it's been it's been really interesting. So I've been enjoying it. It's it's a huge book and it's very philosophical. I love it. Mm-hmm. Master and and the Emissary. And Scott, you read so much as part of your uh, right. podcast. So what's what's something? What's oh, thing? and and I'm going to steal a bunch of Scott's books because I'm You're over here. For I gave yeah. you two. I gave you two yeah. things you can steal. Over here, I'm going <laughs> to steal like, them because <laughs> I'm here in the yeah, flesh. He's, he's very, he's very, he's very protective of his books. All right, so tell me something that you'd want people that you've read that you think other people should read. Just uh, one thing. Uh, one thing. Um, popular or just pick something. I'm trying to think. Hang on. So much pressure. <laughs> So, okay, I mentioned this several times. Let me give you one thing from the podcast, the one thing I'm reading that's not really. Uh, one thing, which is, I, 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 that's called, I officially reject the premise of your question. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, can we just review my question was, what are you reading right now, Scott? <laughs> yeah, in the West Wing, in the West Wing. Wow, Bill, that is a tough question. <laughs> in the West Wing. We're going to need to pivot off of this one because it's really it's penetrating and revealing. When the former chief of staff like is that becoming a candidate, the communications director is trying to you can reject the premise of the question. He's like, I've been teaching candidates to reject premises of questions for 30 years. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, on the way, I think this book, Vanishing Borders, about Mexico and the United States is fantastic. I had the guy on. Had the author's name? Do you remember? Oh, shoot. It's... um. I'm sorry. Yes. Shoot. I could pull it up, but... What's the name of the book? It's called Vanishing Borders. Okay. It's all about the U.S.-Mexico That's relationship. That's enough. 
which I think it's 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 really thanks, inter- thanks to Al Gore. That's all we need. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> I admit it. And then the other thing I'm reading very slowly is I've shared with you about yeah. this. Uh, Michael Henry. Um, oh, I'm yeah. the truth. That's yeah. why I'm gonna steal. Uh, so you better finish it. Tonight. Yeah, you're not stealing that. Totally. So I think, and also let me just say two podcasts I want to recommend. One is called On Theory. Who Todd McGowan I had on, who wrote Only a Joke Can Save Us, and it's his That's former the other student book who's stealing. a professor now. I'm mm-hmm. stealing that book. Their podcast is so good, and their re- most recent episode was about um, where to start, where to start. And so the last episode they did Heidegger. And then two other philosophers, not Adorno or something. Like, I only got to the end of the Heidegger segment. But then they just talk about where to start. We've done things like this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it was just very structured and very, like. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I want to say, Jeff got me onto the Commentary Magazine podcast. It's so good. I mean, Booyah. it is some of the best conservative, sort of, uh, you know, cosmopolitan, conservative New York type of. If you thought thoughtful conservatism was an oxymoron. No, it's, and it's funny. Listen to the commentary podcast and it's really entertaining i mean it, it's funny i mean like you, you like you and also like it's the kind of people i'd love to be like we'd love to just sit around a table these they're really entertaining mm. and funny they're great at what they do so all right there we go there you go all right well th- you all thank you for listening on a sunday night jeff thank you so much for being here yeah yeah well i'm we will, thank my family vacation i'm driving through we will do it again josh by the way before we go josh redder from facebook in ohio which will soon be raided by the boars says that he continues to plug Joe Ratzinger's the- trilogy on the life of Christ. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I yeah, think no, that's, that's good. That's you know, amazing. One of the, the best things about that, the second volume, and he it, responds in the intro to some people who were like, well, he's like, no, I'm not doing Christology. Casper did this. Some Protestants, I'm not doing historical yeah. He said the best analogy, I think now, as I reflect on what I'm doing is like the stuff in the Summa on the, the mysteries of the life of Jesus. And he's like, that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I, again, I was talking to Kevin. I, I think this this period of our lifetime, we've had the three. There haven't been three better popes in a row for mm-hmm. a, for mm-hmm. a thousand years. Yeah, so. and ecumenical treasures. I mean, absolutely, it, it's one of these times where you can actually they help us all. I'm not As sure a Protestant, everyone would agree with you though. <laughs> no, yeah, would, well, I think a lot of people think Ratzinger was okay, but that's a. I think Ratzinger is great. I, 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 mean, think, I, I there's no nobody's perfect. You're a theologian. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I, if you like John Paul the Second's yeah. theology, then you like Ratzinger's theology. And, and Ratzinger asked, and if you like Vatican II, you like Ratzinger. And Ratzinger theology. asked I repeatedly, agree. repeatedly to retire and wanted to go to Bavaria and write books. I mean, do, do you think this is a fair assessment? If he did not have to run the Congregation of Faith and Order, he would be. I mean, he's already prominent, but I mean, he would have been the Catholic theologian. Yes. Of the second. And he already yes. is arguably one of yes, his, his, his footprint would have been. I would agree. Absolutely. I mean, just Absolutely. massive. And, he, yeah. he, and by the way, for our Lutheran friends out there, he saved the joint declaration. Yeah. Um, on justification. I would argue the best, the best, uh, living Catholic theologian. Oh, oh yeah. Hands by down. far. Hands by far. Down. All right. Very good. So there we'll get our Catholic friends upset now. <laughs> uh, or some the, of them. You know what, the I think what bill. Josh just said will get the Catholic friends upset. He said uh, Ratzinger was the first Protestant pope. Ooh, Ooh I like no. that. I will say, no. I will say, maybe the first ecumenical Augustinian. Pope. I mean, well, I know he, what about John though? John, what's his number? The number of the uh, of the Vatican II. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. okay, John. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. more exp- I, the other. I mean, he I was so good at it. John, I forget his number. <laughs> Do you know what? I've told this story before, but you know, like um, Ratzinger, he's a young one senior. Facebook help us out. Is sitting in Karl Barth's theology center. Like one of his buddies brought him to the seminar. 
And you know, here's a young star, yeah. and Bart says, "You did very good, my young ones here." But adhere to the words of the apostle, or wait, uh, of James. It's James. wait, wait. No, who says it? Yes, but you're at Jesus. Adhere to the scriptures. You always say it could be this, it could be this. Bart said, "Let your yes be your yes, and your no yeah, be your yeah. no." James, right? So there you go. All right. God bless. So you. Thank you, friends. Thank you. God bless you too, Jeff. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us for today's episode of New Persuasive Words. Hope you enjoyed Scott and Bill's conversation and will join us back here next time. Until then, thanks for listening and God bless.